Hello, everyone. Welcome to a Thursday edition of the MSP Initiative Live. We uh, we got some housekeeping to do, but we got some special guests on today who seem to be bouncing around more than than I am these days. I feel like, but uh, hey, all all is well. We'll talk to them in a second. Some general housekeeping, like we usually do in the beginning of these sessions. Uh, MSPinitiative.com. This session, every other session, will be in podcast and video format. You know, make sure to go back and check out all of the recent ones. And you can see we do these twice a week. So there's fun. Uh, keep your eyes peeled shortly. Community block parties. We have multiple that we're working on now. Uh, I've been bouncing around doing all sorts of crazy site surveys and uh, getting things ready. So you'll uh, you'll love to hear what's uh, what's been baking uh, over here in uh, block party land. Lastly, Channel Strong Tour. Um, next one's going to kick off later on this month. Um, here's the entire schedule. We're coming to the Northeast, break, broken up over two weeks. So uh, at the end of June, Virginia, Maryland, New Jersey, uh, Philadelphia, and then North Jersey, two stops in Massachusetts, Rhode Island, you know, finish up in White Plains, New York. So if you're in any of those areas or you feel like taking a trip, come and join us. Um, definitely put your uh, raise your hand, throw your name in the list, and we'll make sure to get you an invite. Uh, otherwise, you see the rest of the year here. Uh, so week six, seven, and eight, we go all the way uh, to the West Coast, a um, little bit more of the Midwest, and then you know, good old Florida. So um, Channel Strong Tour. And so without further ado, I'd like to welcome Jimmy and Kelsey from Quick Pass. Hi, What's up, guys? Hello. Hey. How's life what? on the road? You guys have been around for, you know, bouncing around quite, quite for at least three or four months now. Yeah, Kelsey, you why don't, why don't you kick it off? Yeah, um, I mean, it's no bus tour, but we've been keeping busy. It's good. Um, <laughs> sorry, I got... Yes. The, don't don't worry, are, Keith. He has plenty of hit. those. <laughs> he has plenty of those. Go ahead, Kelsey. Sorry about that. No, 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 you're good. Um, I'm actually, I think we're, we barely getting started. We've got three this month, three next month. Like, we're really hitting the road soon. Okay. So go ahead. Let's for giggles. Tell us where, where are people going to find you? Yeah. So you got like six, you just said, right. Tell us yeah. where, where are they going to see you? So, all right. So we'll be at IT nation secure in Orlando and channel pro Dallas, both next week. We've got, we're splitting up the team a little bit. That's our first time having overlapping. So exciting. There. Yeah. It's cool. Yeah. Yeah. We'll be at the Robin Robbins sales summit in Nashville the week after that, the like 15th and 16th. And then Connect IT in Vegas. Super excited for that one. So that will encompass June for us. Um, and we will be very tired by then. And July, man, I don't even have that calendar up. July, IT Nation Secure. No, that's this one. That's June. We've got Exchange Security. Exchange Secure, Robbins yeah. Exchange Security. Well, and and then we it. leave from there and go somewhere else, right? We go to yeah. another Robin Robbins. Yeah. Producers Club. And then from there, we go to Denver, right? Build it. No, we go to Jersey. <laughs> We're all over the place. Yes. Well, that so you got so so this is good, right? So people are going to be able to see you practically uh, on every square inch of the United States, maybe a little less. But, you know, basically, That's if there's the an event coming to a town near you, sounds like you guys will be there. So, like, what do you <clears throat> what's the what's the vibe on the street? What's what's the topic of the day? Like what what? What's, what's all the chatter about? You tell me. You're talking to people on the road. 
Yeah, George. I mean, I think like the same way there was this big um, like mega trend or whatever you want to call it with COVID and the people who were adapting to digital and remote work and all that stuff uh, were, were, you know, gaining a huge lead on everyone else. I'm seeing sort of the opposite now where the people who are able to move back or adjust their strategy, both MSPs and the vendor community to get out in front of people and talk to people and actually set in per- person meetings and not just rely on the strategy that worked for them during COVID um, are doing really well. And you see the same thing in the public markets, right? All these uh, Netflix and uh, you know all these companies that did really well during COVID because everyone was at home sitting on their couch Stocks are going down. Stocks are going down. And we're seeing the same thing. So if, if you're an did MSP. You, did you, did you, let me pause you for a second. Did you see Elon Musk yesterday sent out a company-wide notice yeah. to both SpaceX employees and Tesla employees that effective basically immediately, everybody's got to be back in the office 40 hours a week. And if you can't be at the office, then, or you don't have a really good reasoning, which he will decide on a case-by-case basis personally, then you don't have a job anymore. Yeah, I personally, I think that was his sneaky way of doing some layoffs without doing layoffs, without paying severance. I mean, uh, I don't know. You know, there, there is a there is a get back to the office thing. But knowing Elon, his his tricky moves, I could see him just being like, all right, I mean, we need to let we need to staff down 10 percent. Um, let's just see who who leaves, making them go back in the office. I don't I'm, sure know. I'm sure they're getting paid well. Crick or the this is Jimmy and Kelsey from Quick Pass. Um, these guys are definitely, you know, visible. They're out in the road a lot. Quick pass is, a, you know, kind of, I wouldn't say like brand spanking new rapper on startup. I mean, they've been around for a couple of years, but, uh, they're kind of spreading their wings. Uh, Jimmy's been around, uh, for a little bit, right. He, he was at a couple of stops beforehand and so has Kelsey. Uh, but these are, uh, these are guys in the circle. They're in the sandbox. And so we're, uh, we're talking shop today with quick pass and these guys. Yeah. Talking to Elon. Yeah. I mean, listen, Elon's a smart guy. Obviously has a lot of money. Uh, I don't know where the whole Twitter thing fell. I think there was on pause to figure out what's going on with the fake bots and why their percentages are are up or down last time I saw. But, um, you know, smart guy. Maybe you're right. Maybe this was the, the easy way to get people to just say I'm out. But you know that these Tesla and SpaceX guys are not getting paid entry level, right? They're getting paid yeah. pretty well. And, um you know, it's very, it's very interesting to see that um, maybe he'll set the trend, right? Because, hey, you know, like productivity, there's a balance, right? I mean, there has to be a balance. And I think that um, you can't, I, I 100% remote workforce forever, I think. I mean, despite the fact that like Apple builds campuses for, at, at billions of dollars at a time and all these other companies, there, there is a productivity shift at some point. You know, you got to think so. Like when was the last time you were at Quick Pass HQ, guys? Never, never been there. So quick pass HQs, wherever they decide to get together. It sounds like. Yeah, we, we built it ourselves. Across yeah, the I mean, we've got, we're split between two countries. So, you know, instead of like crossing the border all the time and stuff, we just like, we're, we'll, I'll have my meetings with our CEO and our COO next week at IT Nation Secure. That's where that's happening. Awesome. How about Johnny D for a topic? Well, that's funny, Crickor. So um, I, I actually followed it, you know, since we're talking current event. But I actually followed that, that trial. I did not watch every minute, like Core TV edition, although you could have watched it if you had the time. Um, 
it's interesting. Like the thing just came down yesterday at three o'clock PM Eastern time. And then she already like appealed this thing. Right. And like, we're going to keep on going. Right. And this thing's been going on since I think like four years. So um, I think the lawyers make out in these cases. Right. I mean, <laughs> I, I mean they're, they're definitely like, and they don't just have one. If you actually watch any, like even the clips, right. There's like four here and four there. And like, these guys are getting paid four or 500 bucks an hour per person. And like, yeah, they're making their money no matter what. I would hope that, you know, I'm sure the Brad Grosses of the world will say, hey, take that on contingency, right? But uh, I doubt that's the case. I think they got paid no matter what. Uh, Keith said, yeah, I got you, Keith. Hey, if you can't pay the bill, you got you to gotta pause it somehow, right? So appeal is a, is a first good step. But uh, yeah, it's interesting, right? Because um, out of all the, like, there's a lot of trials, like important ones, right? Probably not you know, as entertainment weekly as this one, but that's the one that got all the coverage. I wonder, you know, you ever watch like people's court or I think uh, Steve Harvey has one now, you know, like, like they get paid to show up, right? Like they get paid to put themselves on national television, maybe not look so great. I wonder if like by, by televising it, did they, did they get like, you know, they got a little extra cushion there. Right. Cause like the TV contract. Right. So, yeah, I don't know. I mean, Johnny Depp is definitely going to make out like abandon his next contract. If anything, Amber yeah, Heard, I, mean, I don't know. I mean, maybe she's going to get a tell-all uh, documentary or some book or something. We'll yeah. See. I mean, they all they all get them, right? I mean, yeah. so, hey, they're probably getting paid a lot more than all of us here. So, well, like, let's be fair. I'm, it's been too long, though. I'm just glad we're moving on to something else. Well, I, you know, I, I really was hoping for another, you know, uh, you know, Johnny Depp as Captain Jack Sparrow, but I do not think we will see him there. Oh no, Darren can't put that on the live stream, buddy, but I got you and uh, won't watch his movies from now on. Michael says, so there you go. Okay. Now, now everybody's, everybody's dirty laundry. No joke is out there. And there was plenty of that. So um, speaking of court TV, many years, we did TV special about it's William Shatner introduced. Wow. Well, we'll talk about that when we get to the live portion of this and we'll unmute everyone. So, all right. So security is still a pretty big topic. I'd say, you know, Every time I turn around, it's pretty much the first thing everybody talks about and everything else kind of falls underneath of it. Um, real quick, <clears throat> for the people like Crickor that didn't know who you guys were and what, what QuickPass does, just give us like an understanding. What do you guys do and how does it help? Sure. Yeah. So we're QuickPass. We do privileged access management for MSPs. Uh, what that means, like when we talk about privileged access, it means privileged accounts or admin accounts, accounts with more access than normal. Uh, so, you know, there's a lot of software out there protecting people's endpoints and their data and all this stuff. We're focused on protecting the accounts, the privileged accounts. So we protect you um, and, you know, your, your different privileged accounts. They can be on local admin, Windows Server admins, uh, uh, Office 365, and we protect your customers. So we, we can prevent password resets. Um, we can rotate passwords for your admin accounts. We do a lot of different things, but all around protecting privileged accounts. Awesome. So uh, check them out. Quick pass, uh, get quickpass.com. I went to the other website that wasn't that. So <clears throat> you can check out this QDesk and QGuard and um, <clears throat> lots of integrations, which is great. We love integrations. Everybody loves their tools. You know, you scroll down, you see a bunch of them here. And uh, yeah, so all part of the conversation of security, right? So um, I, I remember the first time I ran in the QuickPass was they offered uh, password rotation for IT Glue. 
All right. Mm-hmm. So like, for example, you know, like you're supposed to change your accounts, you know, your passwords, what every 90 days for a lot of compliance based stuff or whatever. And then like, <clears throat> what they do is they go and change those passwords and then update your documentation system so that you have the latest, right? And then you're not running on the stale stuff. So that was cool. That was the first time we ran in the quick pass. That was before you were in there, Jimmy, right? It's back in the day. Yeah. Uh-huh. Yeah. The reason I, uh, I joined is because it's one of the few security tools that actually makes process like help desk process faster. I feel like every other security tool, it's like you need to hire three other people to freaking plug it in. Um, but quick pass actually makes you more secure, but also more efficient too. So that was the main reason I came liking to it. Awesome. Well, well, you're, you're not even like, are you six months in now officially? Is that, is that how this works? But almost, almost. almost. All right. Yeah. So we're still, we're still early on. So what are you hearing on the street about, you know, like a lot of people, I'm sure like, obviously you're talking to a lot of people at these events on the street, on the road. It seems like not everybody has their security strategies figured out yet. And I feel like some of the people I've been running into more recently, maybe took an early shot at their security strategy and now they're changing it again. So I know the Matt Lees of the world say, Hey, the companies you are using now may not be the companies you're using in six months from now. I, I, I almost like shook my head and said, I don't think people have time to change vendors that much uh, uh, or add that quickly because there's costs involved a lot of the time. Anyway, like, what are you, what are you seeing? Are people still like, if you were to say out of hundred percent of the people that you run into, do you think like, you think 50% is too much of the people that already have a plan together or you tell me, I would say anyone who's growing has some sort of security plan in place right now. Uh, I haven't, I don't, I haven't talked to a single person who isn't security focused who's adding revenue every month. Um, there's people who are content uh, where they're at uh, or they're struggling to grow and conversation goes the same, you know, haven't, haven't done much updating security nine times out of 10. Okay. So it sounds like, you know, nobody's sitting there doing nothing. They may not be as aggressive about it, but they've done, they've at least revamped something within the last year or two. Yeah. And I think it's also a change of profitability. Like, you know, you look back five, six years ago, everybody's making profitability on margin. Um, or now you're, you're not as much making the profitability on margin of SaaS services um, and hardware. You're more making it on, you know, like your managed offering and the arbitrage between your costs and actual cost of delivery. Um, so providing real security value is where people are able to up their prices a little higher in their managed contracts. Um, whereas before, you know, maybe they're reselling a data box or whatever and buying it for X and selling it for X times two, um, the people who are making money are, are, I think, trying to really expert down in security. They're doing like compliance audits, all sorts of stuff like that. Awesome. Keith pops in. He says, I can say about 90% of the forensic audits we do, meaning him and his company, uh, do not have, uh, do not implement, uh, do not have implemented simple security controls. We do see plans, but the best laid plans of mice and men. We know what he's talking about, right? Can't just plug it in and expect it to run. <clears throat> if you have prices, you do not have to. If you up your prices, you do not have to drive a Tesla. You can upgrade. <laughs> we'll talk. Well, that's always this inside joke we're running, but uh, we'll, we'll have him talk about that in a second. Um, have you heard? So what's the what's the worst story you've heard on the road? Like maybe somebody got breached. I don't know if somebody got ransomware. Maybe somebody lost everything. What you tell me, what's, what's the scariest story you've heard recently? 
you know, I, I'll say one on the MSP community and one from someone that we've worked with. Um, so the MSP community one, the RMM hacks, that's the scariest thing. I mean, you know, basically someone gets into your RMM, ransomware is all of your client base. You got a major problem. You can't even work on it. You got an FBI involved. You got insurance companies. You got lawsuits crazy. Essentially, you know, you talk to people who this happened to, and there's a handful in the MSP community who go and actually speak on it try to help other people, warn them. It essentially, you, you grew a business for 25 years and, and it's gone the next day. Like that's scary crazy. stuff. Absolutely. Yeah. And then from, from our world, we actually, you know, one of our, our customers that we've been helping um, a hacking group found a list of their customers, not even like a leaked password list or accounts or anything, just a list of their customers. They built a fake website that was the same name as that company, but with a different domain. Like you're saying, you got went out, almost went to quickpass.com instead of getquickpass.com. Yes. They did that. And then they started calling all of the customers, targeting them, every single one, trying to get them, uh, pretend they're the service desk, all this stuff. So, you know, we one of our tools is an authentication tool. When somebody calls in your help desk or when you call them, you can send them a push notification or a code to their email or text to authenticate back and forth. Uh, and that's how they were able to mitigate that. But I mean, like, they don't even need to do anything to you to do that. Like, you can just like I, I could set that up on on you, George, tomorrow. <laughs> I, I mean, I, I hope I don't have a list of all of my partners out there somewhere. Because yeah, yeah, you know. Well, you know, you could go, you can go on somebody's LinkedIn, see who they're connected to, see if they're connected to a bunch of people from specific companies. I know you're big out there. You got tons of connections, but somebody maybe only got four hundred. You can guess, you see a couple top customers listed on people's websites, very common. So, yeah, I mean, that that's real world, guys. I mean, that's crazy. And I mean, the MSP, like, you know, I know CISA keeps on putting things out. And I, I argue that it's a little bit too harsh against the MSP unfairly. But like if because so many people are tied to them, right, like they're a gateway to all of their customers. And like the social engineering part is just mind boggling, to be honest with you. Um to have that actually have been done, right? Like this is out in the wild. Somebody tried this. It's very easy to put up. A, I call them cousin domains, right? Yeah, like yeah. you just like put a hyphen or change one letter or something, right? And and it happens all the time for for phishing and spam. But imagine somebody put up like a, a website template, like a Joomla or a WordPress. Man, <laughs> that's a like just scrape your website, make it look the same, and just yeah, that's mind boggling, man. That's uh, that's actually really scary. Almost, it almost makes it worrisome. And I know, like, do you want to even with that example, do you want to even advertise testimonials and stuff? Right. Because kind of like put your stuff out on blast and now all of a sudden they're using it yeah, against you. Well, it just goes to show how important proper controls are with your customers. I mean, we can't even get people to not click phishing emails, you know? So like True. you need to take them from there all the way to like, you know, authentication codes on help desk and stuff. It just, this stuff has to be smooth. It has to be seamless. Like, yeah. So your authentication tool, does it to like, so it runs outside of like the ticketing system PSA or does it tie no, into no, so, it? Uh, it's in the PSA. Um, and basically they could just click authenticate and it'll know if they have the app installed. Um, and then it'll do that first. If they don't have the app installed or enrolled, then it'll default to the contact in the PSA, which it goes phone first, then email. Wow, that's pretty neat. 
So like a couple questions coming through. I'm actually, cause you know, I like to about halfway through, I like to kind of go live and sure. we chat about current events and let everybody chat a little bit. So I'm going to just go ahead down that road. Cricker asks, what's the difference between your two products and what's coming? So yeah. if you have, if you have more direct questions, Cricker, it's all you, man. Yeah. Hey guys, this is Cricker. Um, I'm out in California. Um, we had a quick chat with you guys, uh, with quick pass. A few days ago, I, I just got, I jumped on and uh, just curious on, you know, can you give us a little more differentiation of your two products and, you know, you guys have a password manager coming or what, what's, what's in the future? Yeah, sure. Um, so we have one set of products basically to protect you and your privileged accounts and then another product to protect your customers. So QGuard is for your privileged accounts and that's the product that will actually update and rotate all of the passwords uh, for your admin accounts. So like local admins, uh, Active Directory admin accounts, um, Office 365 or Azure AD admin accounts, and it'll write them back to IT Glue or Hudu uh, or our password vault or our password manager. Um, so that's the one piece of it. And you can share access among techs, all that. Um, and then the other piece is for the end users, which is QDesk. That's that self-service password reset um, where the end users can authenticate with face ID uh, or fingerprint to actually reset their password instead of calling you. Um, that's where you get that authentication tool that I just talked about, where in the PSA, um, you can click a button and send them uh, a push notification. Um, and then it also is going to send them push notifications on password exp expiry or lockouts, uh, where they can unlock their account or, or reset the password. Coming down the line. Yeah, you said, you know, you said password manager. So our, we just did a bunch of improvements on our password manager for techs. Um, we got a bunch of requests for a password manager for end users too. Um, so we don't have that right now. We, you know, there's lots of great ones out there and why we didn't go and tackle that first. We wanted to, you know, hit the missing spots before going after everything, you know, in between, because there's a lot of password managers. Um, but that's something that we're looking at. Another is credential injection, um, where so if you have a password in IT Glue uh, or Hudu and need to log in through uh, ConnectWise um, Control or another RMM, um, basically instead of sending the passwords through um, the agent and like copying pasting it in, or sorry through the RMM, we can have the password be automatically injected through our agent on the actual device. Instead of sending it through the RMM where you're relying on the RMM security and, you know, who knows what could be happening in there, depending it could on what could just RMM even be clipboard, clipboard, right? Because Yeah, exactly. Like, you know. Exactly. So, you know, right from IT glue, right from Hudu, pulling that in, injecting, that's credential injection. Um, and then another thing we're looking at this year, and I'm getting, you know, I'm, I'm, I might get in trouble for talking about all this stuff before it's solidified, but whatever. Uh, just in time accounts where, you know, this idea of, of zero standing privilege uh, where you don't have any admin accounts active. And when a tech needs to access an admin account, our system creates one, um, lets them log in using that credential injection. Uh, they do what they need to do. And then it actually destroys and disables the account when they're done, logs everything Ooh, to change slick. control too. So that's, that's where we're going, slick. man. We got a lot coming. Uh, is that um, available to use for outside vendors? For, for so... You know, when you manage something like a shop floor, every once in a while, you'll let the uh, CNC vendor into the network. And just once you want it really controlled, 
And because those things are so poorly written, you have to usually give them permissions well beyond what you want to. Yeah, so we're, we're not, you know, into uh, the scope of that all yet. Uh, I can tell you right now for our password manager, we have the ability to do uh, one-time shares uh, for contractors. So we, we do, like currently our product uh, has that use case in mind. Um, so I, I, I would assume, um, you know, and you can get in trouble for assuming that when, when the just-in-time is released, that we'll be including that use case. Uh, but I just don't know right now if version one, version two, version three is when it comes out, you know? Cool. I like, I, I like the concept. I mean, you know, if you don't have an account that's there, then you can't hack it, right? You can't, can't brute force it. You can't copy the clipboard, go back and touch it later, right? I know that's MFA supposed to help some of that or a lot of it, but hey, you know, it just eliminates the entire component altogether, right? So it's kind of cool. Except for, except for people that leave their phone and their keys and their top-down convertible it has their MFA. <laughs> yes. Do not leave your phone in, in, you know, wide open, man. I mean, I know you got insurance, but a lot of damage can be happening before you get that phone uh -huh. shut off. Yeah, definitely. Yeah. So I don't know, but yeah, especially like, you know, I think what's getting really popular according to Ken from last call was, you know, the, the Fido sticks, right? Like the UV keys and all those ones, like Google has one, there's a bunch of companies out there and I, you know, you just have them on your keychain, right? <laughs> if you have that in your car, bad day, right? Yeah, back to the key, the keys in the console with the top down, George. Yeah, we just got to break that habit. I know you should have like like a little, yeah like a little electrocution thing, right? Like if it's not you, just you know, and see if they don't take those keys. Yeah, uh, anyway, that's cool. I love I love that concept. Um, you know, it's real interesting how there's a lot of creative, like every yeah. You know, I know the word zero trust has been. Mm -hmm. I don't know, like overused, right? In the last six, 12 months, but uh, it's definitely flipping everything around, right? And it definitely, uh, the, the, everybody could, it seems to go down that road and say that it creates a lot more turmoil, right? It's almost like when MFA first came out, everyone's like, I don't want to do this second thing. And it's like, yeah, you don't have a choice. You just have to do that if you want your bank account to be accessible. Um, but this, this actually like flips everything around. And you know, I, I think part of the, the problem, other than the education issue here with the end, end users, is a lot of the systems out there, even some of the more modern systems, right? Like, because the check signer says, I want to be able to install my own stuff, or I want to be able to access my own stuff, you know, the, the person that's most vulnerable has too much access anyway. And I think that's part of the problem. So if you could do just-in-time accounts, it really kind of takes the risk level down to like a set window, right? Mm -hmm. Yeah, maybe one of the feature requests for that Jimmy passed along just coming out of my head is, hey, like it's timed, right? Even even though they like the, the admin account gets created just for that use, but for how long, right? Is it 10 minutes, 15 minutes, half hour, hour? So like yeah. having that automatically destroyed, you know, in that set time, I mean, that's even cuts it down even more, right? Yeah, and there's some there's some other cool stuff in that in those that feature set that we're looking at doing that I don't think anyone else is thinking about. Um, I won't I won't reveal it all now. Yeah, though. don't give away all the secrets, right? <laughs> um, okay, cool. Well, let's let's go into some current events. Uh, I saw this one come through. Uh, yeah, the Darrens of the world. I can't wait. I can't wait. Here you go. Enable. <laughs> this is this is what started the data one, right? It was like a hey, they might be. You got it, Pete. Have a good one. They might, they might be potentially looking for a buyer. Well, here's the next guy, right? Uh, basically, it looks like you know similar 
similar verbiage here, right? And this could be, yeah. uh, this is going to be the next one, right? So I don't know how many, like, you know, like at that point, everybody, right? All the big guys uh, are all accounted for. But I um, said this a couple of weeks ago on a webinar. I forget which one it was. Somebody can find the quote said all these public companies are valued super cheap right now. And all these private equity companies have so much money. They're going to be nabbing up every single company whose stock is down, taking them private, chopping them up, waiting for the valuations to go up and selling them off again. You know, it's, it's interesting you say that. So Michael Dell came out and they asked him, where did this VMware thing came out with Broad, Broadcom? And he's like, we weren't, it came out of left field. We didn't even, we were not soliciting bids. We didn't expect it to come. Like we were kind of all blindsided when it came through too. And they just kind of, you know, like the shareholders approved it and they went forward. So to your point, Jimmy, like crazy things are happening right now because the stock market's down and it's been down now for a couple of weeks. Um, it's interesting why, you know, like because private equity, and again, I'm not a finance guy, I'm just kind of talking out loud because private equity, you know, how their whole model works, right. You know, the VCs and the PEs, they create these funds that are not like, they're not really dependent on the market per se, right? Mm -hmm. Like all these people would invest into a fund rather than into traditional banking or, you know, into their own stocks, bonds, whatever. And then there's usually a clock, right? Like they have to actually put that money out within a certain period of time or else it goes back to the sender. Um, so it's, in, you know, like I thought for sure coming into the end of 2021, a lot of big deals happen because they wanted to get it in before any tax changes happen moving forward. But it looks like there's still a lot of money out there. Yeah, I mean, people have cash. A lot of like a lot of these funds made a lot of money during 2020 and they still have it. They need to do something with it. Yeah. Could be interesting. I hope that <laughs> could you imagine one big company with them all? Uh, probably not. I, I would hope that that's not the case, but um, just curious how many people out there are using Enable stuff, formerly so SolarWinds MSP. Keith, anything uh, hey. on your side? No, no. I, I see the I see the money. We have a couple clients that are in the you know the angel investor business, and it's what I used to do for Ray Lane 150 years ago. Um, when he was still at Oracle. And um, the gobbling up is an interesting strategy. And when one of the things, that, and I always respected Ray Lane, I don't know how many are old enough to remember him back when, when they were buying up companies. But one of the problems is you end up buying a company because of their staff and their technology and so on. But everyone looks around and says, is it me or Jimmy? You know, you know what I'm saying? And so if Jimmy's smarter than me, which he is, and, and he's a better employee, he's got a better chance of getting a, a good job, an offer during that instability part. If I'm kind of a loser, like I am, then I you're stuck with me, George. See what I'm saying? I, I, I'm, I listen, I, I you know, there, for every for every non-Dallas fan, there needs to be a Dallas fan, right? So like that's yeah. you for me. That you're my guy. You know, like yeah. there has to be somebody to argue with, right? But so that's one of the big things about moving in. And, and when they start saying we're slowly melding, that's to me a concern just based on what I, the history I had before was you're good guys. You either lock them up. And if you're slowly melding, you haven't. Or your good guys are out looking and they're the ones that are the, the most marketable. And so you're stuck below the baseline, not above the baseline. 
Yeah, I, I was talking to somebody literally last night uh, over an impromptu dinner. And basically, he's like, listen, when you got investors, you know, who have, you know, shot calling capability in these companies, you know, they're looking to make sure their money comes back to them, you know, with, with some interest, right? So they could force a sale, you know, because it's the right time for them, even though the original owner, founder, you know, leadership of the company may say, hey, we got we got to run here. We're still midway through our plan, right? Uh, I appreciate the fact that, you know, the markets are changing, but the money people do have a lot to say uh, about making sure their interests are protected because at the end of the day, everybody's in, you know, trying to make sure their bank account goes up, not down. Darren, what do you think about this, buddy? Um, I, I, which part? Well, well, I mean, you know, well, we got another guy putting up the for sale sign. It looks like, right? We know it's going to keep, we know it's going to keep happening. I mean, that's, but, but who does it and what they're buying is, is what's relevant, right? So it's, uh, it's not something we can stop from happening, but it's, uh, it is, as, as Jimmy said, there is that money situation, which is very real. And uh, I think you'll see a lot more of it. I, I guess the concern is like, <laughs> you know, you, all right, you're not happy with this, you know, the way this company does business, you go somewhere else, but are you running out of places to go to, or are you starting to look outside of the, you know, the, the sandbox, like I call it? I, I think you just, I, I think all you can do is just stay away from the ones that you know are bad. How about that? Okay. All right. And you know, there, there seems to be no slowdown in, I'm not saying they're good. I mean, I haven't tested them all. I'm not saying they're bad, but I, I seem to see it like a new PSA as an example, PSA RMM all the time, especially on Facebook. You know, they're popping up and you're going like, there's, there doesn't seem to be a slowness of people developing new products, whether they're good or not. You know, and I'll leave that up to some, you know someone else's opinion that has done some of the testing. But I think, I mean, Darren's smarter than me, but I would think there's seven or eight options just in the PSA RMM to the to the big three, which is soon to be big two. I mean, managed services, managed IT, managed cybersecurity has grown faster than pretty much most things out there. So you go to these trade shows, there's more vendors than you've ever seen before. At every single show, every new show has more than the last. George is not his head because he's been around for a while and seen it's like triple, right? From like 2018, yeah. right? Just even then. And he knows the price of these things too. Um, so you're going to keep Don't get seeing... me started, man. Don't get me, <laughs> don't pull that cord. You're going to see more and more software money uh, and bets on this industry, people around the ecosystem of the MSPs. Uh, and then you're going to see people who have no idea what they're doing coming in and not understanding how MSPs work. And I mean, that's every day we see that happen in, in the software world. And I mean, uh, one that's real obvious, right, is like the traditional agent channel, right, which is completely different, a, a whole separate sandbox. Yeah. And like there's they're like, oh, it's converging, it's converging. And I'm like, no, that sandbox and this sandbox really don't align. And every time somebody tries to cross that barrier, thinking that they already know how the game's played, it usually doesn't end up well. It's it's usually somebody who did it 20 years ago with like printers or something, you know, and they think they can do it again with like uh, EDR or MDR or something. And it's just, <laughs> it doesn't yeah. work. It's true. 
It's true. I mean, so, you know, the way the business model set up is important, but um, I'm just, you know, I'm a little bit concerned. I don't know. I'm going to throw this out there. Since every, since the bigger companies all seem to have a blueprint that a lot of people don't like, right? The, the contract term lock-in and, you know, not being able to have flexibility and moving up and down based on their customers, you know, leaving or coming, right? What happens even when the non-money-backed guys just follow that model because that's what the big guys are doing, you know? Like, I almost feel like, you know, you're making it so inflexible that, you know, you're creating a stagnation effect maybe. No? I mean, it's all based on what outcome you're trying to get, right? You talk to CEO of Kaseya, he comes out and says it, Fred comes out and says it. He says, we do three-year contracts the same way, the same reason MSPs do them. Because when somebody's looking at the value of your company, the longer contracts increase the value. So until, unless that changes in private equity, a lot of big companies, especially the ones who are taken private, they usually take them private for four or five years, then- IPO them again or sell them, they're going to keep wanting to do that. And so, but it's, I think it follows the incentive, not the bigger company. So, yeah, in, but in, there, there's a, there's a really bad wrinkle in the middle of that conversation, which is the person that the, you're dealing with who's representing whoever company, right? Needs to deal with you fairly, right? Yeah. Like, hey, they didn't explain the full terms of the situation. They said you can change at any time when that's not necessarily true. Or, you know, hey, you, you, you know, you, you went to go cancel. And like, if you didn't read the absolutely fine print, if you didn't like, if, hey, you have to cancel between day 90 and 93 or else, yeah, I, I, I'm just hypothetical. But like, it's very narrow windows, right? And I think that creates a lot of frustration. I mean, look at just the jet, forget the, the, the long-term contract. Look about stuff who's who people are a month to month and they send, can't, yeah, they send, I need to change something request or I need to cancel something request. And they literally can't get a response. They're like yeah. running after people for months, just trying to get their bill straightened out. And then like six months go by. And then finally, like they can not, you know, yell loud enough to get to get a hold of someone. I mean, like, that's not, that's the wrinkle I'm talking about. Right. Like, okay, I appreciate you're trying to do business a certain way, but you also need to be available and actually there needs to be a communication. Hey. Well, and, and you're seeing some interesting threads which talk about- Right, now, you're, you're seeing the same ones I'm seeing, right? And, and reverse holding a vendor now saying, you broke your SLA to us. And, and I hate to see a relationship go that way because you know, George and I talked about this. I, I don't like people that blast vendors publicly because I don't think that's productive. I, my answer is call the guy that sold you that stuff. I didn't swear there, I caught myself. I said, call that guy and call that guy and say, your company's not responding, lead me through this roadmap and start there. Because once you start doing the public you know, bashing, you've now caused reaction, not action. And so I, I don't agree with that, but I think at some point I see in that banter where people are saying, XYZ is trying to charge me a cancellation fee, but they were down X number of days. And you're going, that's an interesting company, or they got breached. And so now are these companies that big going to want to tolerate those public lawsuits? Because no one wins a lawsuit, going back uh, to the earlier. That, we can see that with uh, Johnny and Amber. Listen, <laughs> yeah. 
I mean, here's the problem. What happens in like the street, you know, consumer life bubbles into what we see, right? The reason people get so loud online is because like when that happens out on, you know, in consumer land, like there's somebody at that company that's like the champion of all responses to social media, right? And like, Uh I think that some companies in our space, in our sandbox do that really well. And then other companies have nobody there to handle that. And it's like, you know, no, nothing in between. Right. Like, you know, Kelsey, I'm sure you follow all the social threads, right? You see the TikToks and the, the Facebooks and the Reddits and all that stuff. You're, you're on that stuff all the time, but like how many times you go see something go unresponded to, and then like the chain that comes after it's like a disaster. Yeah, no, I. He's trying to sorry. think of the best way to be it politically correct. I'm sure I'm already seeing it. Yes, I'm sorry. I, okay. I'm not prepared to answer this question. That's okay. I caught you off guard. <laughs> I mean, you know, George, that, a simple, hey, I'm from XY company. Uh, I'm going to try to make this right for you. Here's my direct email. We're going to figure it out. Ends the thread. 95 out of 100 times. Yeah. I agree, but like if nobody puts that that hand out, then yeah, all of then a sudden it just, it just grows. Two hundred comments. Oh, yeah, God. there was just one the other day where someone said, "I maybe someone George was referring to." I'm trying to cancel my contract. Actually, they were going to deal with the same company. Mm-hmm. They just wanted to shift products, mm-hmm. and they claimed that they did everything correct, that no one would respond to them. And then later, after about three days down the tread, they said, "Look, see." XYZ company doesn't respond. And you're going like, you just kind of proved you're non-responsive. And it was, I mean, it, you yeah. know, it, it started like a reasonable request. I will, their security product doesn't work for me, but I'll buy more, whatever you said, RMM product. And I just can't get anyone to talk to me about that. Yeah, I think I think part of the, I you know, uh, whether it's the sales model, whether it's the account management model, whatever it is, like, I feel like it's so easy to do this, right? You know, go to the forums, start typing things. I know a lot of people don't think sometimes before they spell something out and they go back and be like, hmm, should have worded that differently, wouldn't have said that in real life, right? But <clears throat> I think part of the challenge is that if it's not easy enough to deal with these companies, that's where they go. That's where they end up, right? You know, you want to call it the back alley of the internet, so be it. But that's where they end up. So I really think everybody should have someone who literally is that public facing, you know, handle or person that goes and does that. I love, you know, I, I, I see a lot of people are like, Hey, we have our own forums, right? We have our own gated community, but I don't know about you. I feel like they're just not often like, they're not very active. Like it's always the public ones that are really chirpy and like the company managed ones are like not really happening at all. We should bring up the other point too. MSPs, MSPs are not angels in this in this scenario. Oh no! I and and I and and I don't think that the, sometimes they realize something. Stuff happens. I caught myself again. Stuff happens to everybody, right? And when you pull that trigger, that trigger may be that company may be done with you as well. And are you ready to forklift? You know your PSA, your RMM, your your, your whole tool set. Because, you know, maybe someone left, maybe there's a reason you weren't getting responded to. And if you had called the right person um, in the company and said, look, I know you're not the billing guy. I know you're not the tech guy. 
but you're kind of my guy. Could you push us through your, you know, guide me through your protocol so this gets handled. Otherwise, I, you know, MSPs are going like, you've kind of ruined that relationship for good. Because I can imagine on the others, if I had a customer doing that to me, I'd be going like, he's on his way out. And then it would get to the point where it would be, you know what? Going the extra mile for this guy ain't worth it because he's just a BI, right? And so I think we have to think about getting off the kindergarten playground and having adult discussions both ways. Don't disagree with that. But a discussion is a two-way street. Somebody needs to be on the other side to have it. And like, well, you, need to make, you need to make that easy, right? Like we always say, we've said in the last couple of calls, go to the places that your customers want to go to so that you're communicating with them on their lane. What is that? You need to make that easy. If I have to run after you forever and ever until I can have that conversation, that's frustrating. Uh, well, on, on top of that, that means don't shop for the blue light. Because Kmart sucks, like they said in uh, Rain Man. I think there's like two of those left, by the way, but go ahead. At, but, you know, go to Nordstrom's. Quit focusing on 50 cents in RMM and go to the place that can afford to have the infrastructure to serve you. That's my answer to that. The the low-end guy, the guy who's not a big vendor, you know, is, is starting out and he's got limitations and you're going to have to be patient with it. And just like you say, you know, we've, we've talked about this in travel, right? You either pay to play or you wait in line. Okay, fair. I mean, that's, that's, just, that's just my attitude towards life. I go, I, I'm not willing to, you know, wait in line. I don't like Uber lines. I don't like, you know, I, so people laugh yeah, at my travel but, but habits, even, but that's me. But even a response, right? So like, I don't know if you, you, you saw this on the same places, right? So like the Cisco came out the other day. And they said, we are now canceling all original open DNS agreements. So whenever your term ends, if you're not like this, you, or you're either going to go through one last renewal cycle or you're already in it. And as of this date, your, your contract's going to be you know, shut down. Now you can come back and go under the, the new direction if you want to resubscribe to these services. And then, uh, you know, so though I'm like, okay. Uh, so I was one of those guys, right? I signed up for Open DNS pre-Cisco, right? And I've been under that the whole time. So I just replied. I'm like, so what is the new direction and who do I talk to? And at the very least, they reply back saying, hey, we got a ton of requests right now. We're going to reply back to you. Just give us some time. That's okay. Like, I'm not, I'm not on the side of the road waiting for a tow truck, but I do want to talk to someone. Even if the answer is, hey, we're going to get back to you. That's better than, oh, God, nothing at all. See, that's a perfect example. Uh, when I deal with Cisco, I, I call Michelle. I know she doesn't, she can, she can say, let, give me a couple of days, I'll look it up and get the right person in contact with you. And I could move that monkey off my back and move to and work on something else. So, okay. you know, when I do, you know, it's like, I'll be loyal, you be loyal and let's have a relationship. Yeah, so I thought that was, hey, you know, like I appreciate they're trying to like drive all of these products that they've acquired at Cisco into this new program. Okay, I got it. I just want to understand. All right, I've been paying this this entire time. I have this many of whatever I bought. I want to understand what it costs if I continue or is it time for me to look for something else? Like, But I want to at least understand what the options are before I you know, decide to break, you know, break to another direction. And I just want to have a conversation with someone to understand that. Now, I guess they could have 
<clears throat> pre-thought about that as being the next step, right? And said, oh, by the way, if you want to look at what the new system is, go here and then you can see X, Y, and Z. But maybe it's a little bit more complicated than that. Speaking of networking, you, um, you probably heard uh, the data is uh, out of the switch business. They're recommending ruckus for switches. Whoa, did that just come out? Yep. This, this morning. Yeah. After, and and see so that's, and you know, I, I really like Rob Ray. He's a good friend. I, I was, I'm friends with him even after he saw, sold me level platforms. Um, but that was something I think they handled poorly because for years they've been telling us <laughs> we're developing something way down the sideline. And you're going like, this decision wasn't just made. They should have told us that we're waiting on the side, go somewhere else. We're done. This is not a good business. Shadows networking and power has been horrendous, or the well, hasn't been around in a while, obviously, but they just a total, total clusterfuck. I think everybody would admit that. That and we use so, it. So, so, are they not even covering that? Like for the actively ones out there, is there no even not even a warranty option? I, I, I don't know. Uh, I, it, but it's an opportunity. The the way it's written is is quite is quite interesting. It's uh. You know, and, and, and who knows if this decision has anything to do with what obviously is coming down the pike, right? And it's like, well, yeah, we don't want to be in that business. So, well, I think makes even, sense. even before the whole Kaseya thing, I think there was an open lawsuit against. There was about yeah, because the what they did right? was was kind of dirty with open mesh, essentially. So, um, anyway, and that's interesting that they decided to do this before before hopefully you know hopefully or not hopefully this this deal is done right i mean it's very intriguing that they announced that um wow i know a lot of people have made a lot of investment in that network line both switches and access points right so, i mean they're still they're still doing access points just the switches are uh are no more so where, where did you see that done this is uh I'd emailed out yeah, yeah. Oh, emailed out we're writing to make i mean it's a it's a rather long I mean, they're end of lifeing everything but the uh, the WAPs essentially. Hmm. So maybe maybe QuickPass wants to get in the networking business. Uh, <laughs> yeah. Wow, I can imagine that people who have switches out there, right, that are like in production right now. That you know, the next question I would have would be, when when does the access point go end of life? You know what I mean? Like, do I keep on even going down that road or do I make a wholesale change now? That is exactly my thought. You're going like, you, you didn't, you weren't upfront about this. Are, are we just trying to sell out? You know, you, yeah, it, it, we want some consistency on our end because that's what makes, helps us tick. Consistency. That's a very important word. Yeah. Um, yeah. I mean, people imagine people who just got switches like within the last year, like before things kind of got tough to get. I can imagine that they're probably not really super happy right now. Yeah. You at least got to ride those things for three years or so in order to, you know, Did, here, appreciate them out. We're writing to make you aware of exciting and strategic shift in the data networking product line. Our experience in the past two years has caused an opportunity for data to evaluate how to deliver differentiated network solutions without unnecessarily manufacturing hardware. <laughs> Yeah, I read that and I go, I didn't understand your point. <laughs> right, exactly. I mean, it's like, uh, so are you providing networking or no? It's like, huh? how about we, how about we quit? <laughs> right. I mean, well, look, looks like, looks like Jimmy found it in the place where all things go. 
Yeah, I was like, where can I find this email? And it just pop up Reddit. It's there. There it is. And and it's it, you know, and then you have to wonder if your networking is all under the control of you know who and they decide to just, you know, shut that service down or make it, you know, maybe they'll double or triple the the price to, you know, you, you think about how we're locked in with that networking stuff. It's it's a scary, it's a scary thought for what's coming down the road here. So so switches end of sale, no longer available for purchase. Well, on September 30th, or until stock is depleted. Wow. Yeah. I mean, I guess this is a good time to get out of that business with like supply chain. Nobody can get a hold of them. And then they end, they also end of life their router. Well, DNA, DNA. Like then it says US and Canada will be available, but all the other areas will. But you know what's lacking? It's like, we're still going to sell our stock. But if you're familiar with that product, you're going like, you need to back in. And there's no, there's no commitment there. It's like, right. We'll support it for five years. We'll support it for one year. So, or so gonna, uh, Keith, we should call, Keith, Keith, we should call the guy that sold that to us. Right. As you said, we should. Yeah. <laughs> That was that was four reps ago. So I, I don't know. He's not alone. He's not around anymore. So. Well, that 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 mean that that does make a good point for all the stuff that's are. They said the end of life, end of sale, but you can't actually use these things and manage them without their system. So does is the system going to run for a while, or are they going to shut it off? That's that's our, that was kind of what we're. That's the big question. And by the way, Darren, in my example, uh, it would probably for Datto, my guy would be Rob. Because I know that reps kind of move around a lot. I, yep. Now, Rob will refer me down, and I get that, right? I get it. Right. I'm not expecting him to find this out, but I would call Rob and say, could you get me real answers on this? No sales bullshit. Just tell me the truth. I'm a big wow. boy. I I'm going to reshare this real quick because, like, I, the one comment that was, you know, 15 minutes ago, it's a fairly new post. He's like, hey, we, we don't use data networking. Back to when they bought OpenMesh, we moved to Unify. This is another example of what has been going on, reflection of the industry as a whole. Big company buys something, makes it worse. Ben, this this is the problem, right? Like, until you break the trend, <laughs> this is everybody just goes down the same line of thought. Yeah, probably needed to be a little bit more in depth on to exactly what's happening here. Well, and and to be fair, Datto is was uh, one of the exceptions to the buy something, make it worse with Autotask. You know, it's uh, generally accepted that Datto bought Autotask and improved their development pro- timeline, get off the once every six month release cycle. Um, so, you know. Interesting. Very interesting. We'll talk about just in time, right? Because we got that just while we were on this call. <laughs> um, <laughs> every day is a new development in, in technology land. Well, there's also some, uh, I remember it's been a while, right? But I think it ended up on Reddit a while back. It was like, here's the 10 commandments of how to handle, how to be in the MSP space as a vendor, right? Yeah. I mean, there's something to learn here, right? Like <laughs> you almost like, hey, transparency, roadmap. If you're going to end of life something, how long is it going to be supported? Like Microsoft, you know, when they put out a new operating system, it's going to be supported for at least 10 years, right? Like Windows 10 has an end of life in like 2024, 2025, you know. Um intriguing super intriguing yeah like amazon just end of life their uh their, their camera. original cameras yeah yeah their, their security cameras yeah they were, and they they were did which, which one's the blinks or the 
the the ones that they made. I think it was the blinks, and then they're recommending rings. And yeah. if you uh, if you have one, you can trade it in. They'll give you a they'll give you a new one that's still supported. Cool. Because I have like eight of them. I okay, didn't see so, that. So let's look at their response. Ready? This is this is their Amazon the end support for cloud cam. Here's what it means. All right. So customers with cloud cam can continue using until December. Like they, they, they give you the actual relevant information. Here's what we're telling you, right? It's going to work until this point, or you can trade it in. Like, all right. So they came out, you know, Datto and their announcement said, hey, we, we recommend uh, establish Ruckus as a preferred vendor. Okay. What does that mean? Like, is there a program? Can I get credit back for the equipment that I have? Is it gonna like? I feel like it could have it could have been spelled out a lot differently. Yeah, um, and and is there an integrate? You know, one of the reasons because the data stuff was not discount, so you went with it for the single pane of glass, right? You're going like it wasn't. You could have bought stuff a lot cheaper back then, all the time. And, and you would hope that there would be some announcement like, go to Ruckus, we're going to integrate, you know, but there's no direction there. And that's concerning to me. So, you know, so that's, that, that's I know, what I want from a vendor. I know Amazon has deeper pockets, right? But it says Amazon plans to send all registered cloud cam owners details on how to obtain a free Blink Mini before, the, before December. So basically they're like, hey, we're going to take care of you, right? We're going to make you whole. We're not going to give you something that just disappears on you. Or you can go to this new product line. You you decide, right? Like, kind of feel like that's the right way. I agree with you. That's a hundred percent the right way. Yeah, take a lesson. I mean, one of the few times the big boys did something <laughs> correctly, right? When I say big boys, like Uber big boys, they're yeah, at the top of that yeah. food chain. No, wow. I, you know, I'm a, I'm a huge Amazon fan because what they do for the special needs community. I mean, um, they are they are a giant, but you know what? You know, like nobody's perfect. They've made mistakes too. But I guess the idea is, is like, hey, you've built up all this clientele. If you want to take care of them, set it up on, you know, before you drop the hammer, right? But I guess we'll find out the fine details shortly, won't we? Yeah. And so you go, you look at that and not to pick on data, but we are, but it could happen to any one of the vendors. So now you're saying buy a BDR from me and I'm going like, wait a minute. I can't trust you to get me to cycle out. And, and so it's, you know, it's not about being a big boy. It's about, to me, being business mature. Uh, is it worth it to dump this line and affect a lot of loyal customers? Or is it worth it to maybe make it a smoother transition that takes a little bit of a um, investment, but shows we're committed to the market, especially when we're doing a buyout by the company we used to call evil. I, I, I was just going to say <laughs> for all the people that were like, I'm going to wait and see what happens. Well, now we're starting to see what's happening even before then. Right. So interesting times guys, Jimmy and Kelsey, I can't wait to see you guys on the road. I'm sure we'll bump into each other soon. Yeah. Guys are a little bit everywhere. Um, everyone else. Thanks for joining. This session was recorded. So don't feel free to, Go and check that Jimmy, out later on today. Jimmy, are you going to be the one that's secure? Yes, I will. I'll catch you there, buddy. Catch you there. Awesome. Yeah. See you guys yeah. here Tuesdays, Thursdays, 1 o'clock Eastern time. See ya. Thanks for having us, George.